From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and special guest Lisa Pulliam. For those of you who don't know Lisa, she is passionate about women experiencing a life transformed by God for the sake of impacting the next generation. She's the author of Meet the New You, which is a book designed to help women embrace a fresh encounter with God and impact together a guide designed to simplify and encourage biblical mentoring. She is also founder of More to Be and enjoys working as a life coach and coach trainer. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that this isn't the first time Lisa's been on our podcast. In episode one, season 18 of the podcast, she shared with us how she gained freedom from anger and rage to find the abundant life God wanted her to have and how that led to her two names. We also talked about embracing our influence and an incredible value of relationships with the generation before us and after us. Then in part two of the episode, we covered just how simple mentoring relationships can be, how recognizing mentoring opportunities and how to be intentional and engaging with them. Both episodes are jam-packed with great information and we encourage you to go back and listen. She's joined us again today to continue the conversation with us and talk about social media. Uh, Welcome back, Lisa. We're so excited to have you join us today. Why don't you um, briefly tell us what you've been up to since we talked last Thanks, Kim. I've been I've been a busy beaver, as people say. I often get the comment of, "How do you do it all?" And I, I don't know how I do it all, but I do know I watch Netflix, so <laughs> I, I, I do have downtime, and I do enjoy my family. I've mostly um, been working on a new devotional that will be coming out in June 2018 with Harvest House called "Begin with Yes." And it's a 90-day devotional looking at scriptures and what does it look like to say, yes, I agree with this in God's word, and now I'm going to live this out today. Uh, Yeah. So I'm having a great time writing that. It's on the quote-unquote fast track manuscript is due August 1st, and I think I signed the contract March 1st. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Bye-bye, Summer. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been writing like a fiend, and uh, fortunately, God brings the words quickly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. And that came right on the the finishing mark of working on all this social media research mm-hmm. and content and creating the guide that's available at More to Be. So I'm thankful that I, I got that piece done because it was it was you know pounding in me like mm-hmm. I needed to write and communicate that message about the impact of screens and social media, and God was so kind to let me finish that before the contract yeah. did in my lap. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I know all of us love social media, but it has its good parts and it has its bad parts. Um, I mean, I think we all love it because it helps us keep in touch with people. I mean, when I first got on Facebook, it was all about keeping in touch with family members and seeing what they're up to and letting my mom know what I'm doing because I don't talk to her every day on the phone. Um, but it definitely has become something different and I'm very mindful about how I use it, but I can still get stuck. I know, um, a lot of content creators like you and, um, like here at circles of faith are using it to encourage people and bring inspiration. Um, you know, and, and businesses and missions are able to use it to promote what they're doing. So there's amazing things that are happening on it, but there's also a downside to it. And, um, I know that you recently wrote a post on the better mom called breaking our social media and screen addiction. So why don't you tell me about how you got started, like learning about social media and why you're writing about it? 
back in October of 2016, we had the chance to go on a cruise with my um, in-laws for my father-in-law's birthday. And the girls had never been on a cruise before, so they weren't thinking what happens on a cruise, technologically speaking. It had been 20 years since I'd been on a cruise, so that was an irrelevant thought 20 years ago. There was barely a cell phone then. Uh, And so it was at the moment when we're leaving port that I think my sister-in-law, maybe my husband said, yeah, we won't have send. He said, send your last text message, girls. Said, you know, do your last Snapchat while we're leaving. And we're like, what? Like, this is what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, I won't be able to check email. I won't be able to, like, respond to people's needs. And and the girls were like, I'm not going to be able to talk to my boyfriends for two days or three days. I mean, it was a three-day cruise. So it wasn't oh like gosh. we were gone forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perspective here. It was a weekend in October, you know. But we were, the girls and I were literally like, <sighs> like, how are we going to manage? Mm. And we were like druggies pulling out our phones to do something and there was nothing to do on them. It Mm -hmm. took 24 hours before I stopped checking things Mm -hmm. and there was nothing there to check. The real, the real, um, zinger for me was this, I guess it was the second day into the cruise and we are at this like resort location and Leah, who's my uh, 17 year old, she and I are laying on lounge chairs, uh, by the pool and just laying there. Not a care in the world. And Leah said, Mommy, you know what? If I had my phone and Wi-Fi right now, I would be like this with this phone above my head between me and the sun in the sky checking things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the two of us tasted a kind of rest that we had not experienced in a really long, Mm -hmm. long time. And when we came back from that cruise as a family, my middle one, who is really... Abby's, you know, 15 and she's really the techie of all, like she's the most active on social media. She, she was really cognizant of this experience and like what it was like to unplug. Mm. And then the twins who are 11 said it was so nice to finally have the whole family actually engaged instead of on their screens. And that was shocking because Stephen and I have always been very disciplined about tech doesn't go to the bedrooms, tech doesn't, you know, it gets plugged into the kitchen, it's not at the table. And as it's become more of a norm, our our holding to the rules have become less and less as the girls need technology to do their homework Mm -hmm, for school. mm -hmm. That broke boundary lines that we had previously had in place. Oh, that's a tough one here. I struggled with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. That was kind of the part one of it. The part two was oh, two or three weeks later, um, my husband and I went on a marriage encounter weekend with family life. Mm. And we went with another couple, had a great time, completed that weekend with a lunch with this other couple. And we were processing, like, what is stealing time from our marriages? What is stealing time from the things that we dreamed about years ago that the Lord would do in our lives and how we'd spend our time together? And all of us agreed that we are mentally checked out too many times a day because of our screens. Mm, wow. Yes. That's, that's intense. That's, those yeah. are amazing revelations. Mm-hmm. It was. Well, just email, just even having access to email alone, I see is an issue, I would think, in our marriage because my husband does feel the need. Not only does he feel the need to 
be on his email and checking things at work, but work feels like he should be because he has access to it. So there's an expectation on both ends. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's super hard to put boundaries on that. Super hard. It's interesting because again, I, I, I was at a meeting last night, um, with a ministry and it was the same discussion about how do we put boundaries around this? Like just because I happen to sit down at my computer at eight o'clock at night, because that's when I have my moment doesn't mean that you on the other end of that email have to respond to me. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I don't care if you're in bed and sleeping, honestly, but you know, we have such a sense of somebody, somebody reached out to me in whatever way I've got to reach back, whether it's work, whether it's personal, whether it's ministry. Mm -hmm. And I have watched, um, Kimberly, to your point about watching your husband, I have totally watched business change through that through, you know, because I work in the healthcare marketing industry and Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I've been able to monitor it. This has been a dramatic change. Years ago, we were asking the question, do you check at your email outside of work? And the answer was, you know, overwhelmingly, no. And now it's overwhelmingly, yes. I think it's pretty much 100%. That's funny. Yeah, it is a challenge. You at that that lunch, the three of us, um, my husband, the other husband, and I all had uh, Facebook on our phones. My my the wife, the other wife doesn't doesn't use social media. She's just said, "No, I'm not doing it." Good for her. I, I'm like, "How do you do that?" But she she manages. So we right there took Facebook off of our phones. Ooh. And I, uh, twenty minutes on the ride home. You want to know how many times I went to check Facebook? Oh my god! <laughs> Probably every sixty seconds, mm-hmm. and that was the alarm to me. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I had a problem. That there is some sort of problem. Why is this like this? And what, what do I need to do differently to steward this gift of social media and gift of technology well without it? keeping me in its bondage. Mm-hmm. So true. And that's yes. when research started. Wow. Yeah. You know, awesome. even school uses it as one of their primary ways to com- communicate with people. Like you need to be in the, the, the school Facebook community group in order to find out what's wow. going on at the school and, and oh in an gosh. effort to go green, right. We don't want to be sending yeah. flyers home, which I love. Like if I have a flyer, right. then I know it's going to happen and I put it up in the fridge and I won't miss it. Now that's all we've eliminated all that. And, um, you know, if someone says, oh, didn't you see it on Facebook? I'm like, no, no, I didn't. No, like, email no. me, text yeah. me. Like, there still needs to be other, like, they, the school still does other forms of communication, but it's kind of like we do rely on this. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's interesting that you say that because um, that was like a Sunday. And the following Monday, I was going to a meetup from, uh, for a networking group that I had never been at before in a town I'd never been at before. And I thought I had the address correctly. I went and I could not find the location. I am in the right parking lot. I'm walking up and down this block. I'm looking for the door. Cannot find it. Guess where the information was for it? Mm. In my Facebook account. Uh, And and you had taken it off? (gasps) And I deleted it and I forgot my oh Facebook password. So I couldn't log in through like the <laughs> internet. I, I go into this real estate office. I ask if I can log in. I finally remember my, like I'm oh. on their computer <laughs> logging in and I forgot to log out. And I was like, now I just exposed my entire life to these strangers here. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible moment. Finally, I found somebody walking by that looked like they might be going to this group. And sure enough, they were, and the door wasn't marked and I got there. 
So out of that, I realized, here's what I need. I need the tool of, of Facebook Messenger. I need the tool of Facebook groups because those are part of my business and ministry work. Yeah, I love groups. You can go in, you right? can interact with everybody you're connected yes. with without actually going on going the feed, your feed. and getting yeah. distracted. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's good to know. So I, I deleted the Facebook feed off, you know, the Facebook app itself off my phone. It's still on my computer. And I installed Messenger and groups and I tucked it into a folder not on the home screen of my phone mm. so that I have to go to it and it's tagged work. So Such I have to <laughs> mentally say, am I going to work right now or am I wasting my time? And yes. it's a struggle. It's still a struggle. Wow. But I found out why it's a struggle in all my research. And in this, yes. I'd love to talk about this. Um, there yeah. is a, a thing called the dopamine loop. Mm-hmm. It's uh, dopamine is released by the body when it engages with something that brings about curiosity mm. and the desire to know more. Mm. So it's a good thing because it's what draws you deeper into a healthy love relationship. It's what causes you to engage in experiences at the onset that are potentially quite good for you. But the bad thing about it is that it's addic- the way it works in terms of addiction. So a a child using an iPad ends up with the same brain map as an adult on cocaine. Wow. Because oh, that's scary. The release of dopamine. Oh my gosh. And one of the other things I read was that uh, a tweet, which is 140 characters is enough to trigger a dopamine response. Wow. And that's, what, that's what causes the scrolling. Yeah. That's what causes sending a more, more, message. more. Yeah, you send a text message because you're really looking for a dopamine hit, and then you're checking your phone again and again, waiting to see if anybody replies. Oh, this is sick! <laughs> Literally, it's it's sickness. Like it, it is. is. It, it is, is a device that. And here's here's my thought on it. And as I've talked with my kids and my husband, and we're like, we would not. I said this one morning. Abby wasn't a part of this conversation because I think she had softball or something was going on. And she asked for something and said something about her phone. And I said, no, why? You know, I wouldn't put a beer in your hand and tell you to run with it. Why would I give you this device and tell you to run with it? She goes, mom, it's not a beer. It's a phone. I'm like, yeah, but what happens through the experience is like you with a beer. And so we have to put boundaries and stewardship principles in place so that we use it appropriately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Beer in and of itself is not necessarily something bad. Having a glass of wine is not necessarily a bad thing. Having six glasses of wine is a little out of control. So how do we <laughs> cultivate responsibility in the use of social media, technology, screens, gaming, yeah. For our kids, understanding that we're giving them something that could do them harm if yeah. they don't know how to wisely use it. Mm-hmm. So, so important. This is, this is wild. So it's, it sounds like the dopamine whole thing is kind of, is that tied into adrenaline, that adrenaline rush kind of thing? Yeah, it's similar yeah. to that. I mean, I'm not a scientist, obviously. And right, I, I've right. read a lot of different articles about it. And there is some controversy uh, on whether or not, like the severity of it and how serious it it could be, but part <laughs> all you have to do is pass a bus stop 
with a yes. bunch of people standing at it. Yes. See what everybody is doing nowadays. Nobody is talking. They are all, their faces are on their screens. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's really, you know, maybe some people would argue. I, I, I would not. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, um, you know, and I think there's this balance of we've become addicted, but we've become addicted because there's a deeper need that's mm-hmm. going unmet. The desire to be seen, known, and loved Mm -hmm. and engaged with is, is emotionally risky to put yourself out there. Wow. So think about the insecurities that we faced when we were teenagers and how hard it was to just have that conversation or ask that friend to go out or for a boy to ask a girl out on a date. Like those are scary things. Now we have a device that we can use that feels safer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so really fascinating. It's sort of a mess. Yes, it is. It is. And I think, again, we've been thinking this for a long time. We've been thinking, you know, I particularly uh, if we're a little older, watching this movement barrel towards us and barrel on. And, um, you know, there's just more and more ways to engage with social media. I mean, it mm-hmm. just new things come along fairly um, quickly and easily and some stick and some don't. But again, the uh, face to the screen is a the most common thing you see mm-hmm. walking yeah. with the screen. You know, I see it all the time with young moms and their babies. And I'm like, wow, I remember taking a walk and taking a walk. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else going on. I would walk down the street and quite frankly, sometimes I'd even feel a little bit, a little bit lonely, a little bit like, Oh, it's just me and my baby and my baby's not talking to me. And, (laughs) you know, I might even see like a group, quite frankly, of nannies walking babies and chatting along. (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, it's just me. So, um, I think that's, you know, that's, uh, that's a statement about what my need was to be engaging with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I was lonely at times as a young mom. But Mm -hmm. again, to see that all the time now. Mm -hmm. Well, I worry, I worry too about my kids and their ability to interact with other people. I know that my daughter, she struggles with what she says. She's talking to other people. She doesn't like to talk to people. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's been several (laughs) things that have come up in school. And I'm like, just ask your teacher. Yeah, but I don't really like, I don't like to ask questions. I'm like, just ask. Well, finally, she emailed him to ask the question. And of course, he emailed yes. back seconds, something that she had like stressed out over, had anxiety so. over. He emailed back in a positive way in a matter of like half an hour and it was done. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm-hmm. well, like you need to be able to talk to him in person. That's like, right. you're not, mm-hmm. you got to learn to advocate for yourself. And if you already have struggle with, if you already struggle with that, and then you have this device that allows right. you to then be right. one step removed from it. You're never going to overcome it or you're never going to become comfortable with talking to people and interacting with people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. right. You know, and even this idea of monotasking versus multitasking. Oh. Like, do, are my kids going to have the ability to just do one thing? I mean, mm-hmm. you'll often hear mm-hmm. me say only one screen at a time. Like, stop being on your iPad while yeah. you're watching TV. We do one or the other. We don't do both. <sighs> yes. Yes. But again, I, I'm, it's not just our children. I often am at my computer with my iPhone next to me yes. and I literally have to go, okay, I'm turning it over. Yes. I'm turning off the alarms or even put it in another room because yeah. I, I don't have self-control either. You know, I mean, I can, I can look at my kids and, and think that they're worse off, but honestly, I'm doing the same thing mm-hmm. and it is well, so see, distracting. 
Elise, I think I think you hit on it. Is that it's affecting every generation who's who's using it, yeah. um, without understanding the repercussions of it because it's not been around long enough. Right. So I have friends who have told me like they'll go over to their mother's house. You know, I'm in my 40s. They'll go to their mother's house with their kids, and grandma and the kids are dueling equal time on devices or iPads or social media. And it's like, what's going on here? Like, Mm -hmm. how is this, how is this possible that the middle generation can see that there's a problem, but these two, you know, counter generations don't, don't recognize it. It's, it's the dopamine. You know, no, but I mean, what makes that, that recognition? It's interesting. Cause like I have a sister who, uh, my youngest sister, who's five years younger than me, um, she has this expression, no tech on the deck. And if you're, uh, ever, so if, if we're down the shore where she has a home, there's no tech outside the house. Like you can't go on the little porch with your phone. You can't go down, down below to the, around the pool. And it's the great rule. Yes. It's like, no, no, stick to this. We all need yes. this. I no. think. I think that's the key, right? So we like, you know, as a people, I think we like to make rules and want everybody else to join us in our rules so we feel better about them. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think the key is for parents to work out what are, are the, what are your family values, uh, which we've been talking a lot about lately. I could give some thoughts on that. What are our family values and priorities? And then how do we use what God has provided in the context of those family values and priorities yeah. and, and coming up with a game plan together, which is, is really the, the guide that I created for managing social media, technology, screens, um, gaming, because for boys, it's yes. maybe more yeah. gaming on the computer than it is uh, Snapchatting and Instagramming. Right. right. But the idea is how do you, um, how do you establish healthy boundaries in your family that you hold each other accountable to and you all agree on yeah. and rather than saying, cause I love your no tech on the deck and I'm thinking who I could do that. And I might, but if I just come at my family, my teenagers with, okay, my friend Lee says, you know, no tech on the deck. I think that's a great idea. We're going to do that. They'd be like, what? But I love it when I sit by the pool and I could read <laughs> on my phone or whatever. Yeah. So, I need to then approach that from the perspective of saying, hey, I heard this podcast and she was talking about how they do no tech on the deck. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. What are Is the it- benefits of that? Is there some way that maybe we want to implement that for us? Mm-hmm. Do we want mm-hmm. to say no tech on Sundays by the pool? Mm-hmm. And Love that idea. weekdays you could use it. Like what what feels reasonable to keep that keep on coming back to a healthy place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. is is my thoughts on that. I actually, I actually think um, our pool club doesn't allow you to use your phone. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. That's 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 awesome. I, I, there, I was yeah. I was thinking there when I go to a restaurant that says no iPhones, I'm kind of or no, you know, um, mobile phones. I'm like, oh, good for them. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, but what if I want to take always, a picture of their food and put it on Instagram? I was say, there's, there's always that as a as an excuse, and yeah. I think as also something that people do. They use the camera, mm-hmm. but that's different than sitting on the phone yeah. or mm-hmm. sitting like you know at your at your table with your hand up, with your fingers moving. For most mm-hmm. of the time, you're there, and that mm-hmm. can happen too. So I appreciate anywhere where I see signs of like no cell phones. Yeah. I'm like, 
Yes, I, I, I like this. Well, but, we, you know, again, what, to your point, Kimberly, you know, I was just at a, a wonderful um, Moms in Prayer conference. And certainly the idea is, you know, people say turn off your phones because somebody's about to speak. But again, people are still taking pictures. People are still recording it. Um, and my kids will say to me, Mom, stop taking pictures. Because mm-hmm. I overdo that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it there's a great um, video on YouTube by a man um, by the name of Simon Sinek, and around the time that I started wrestling through all this stuff, uh, I somehow the, I ended up with the link to that uh, video, and he talks about um, millennials and social media and the workplace technology. So mm-hmm. one of the things that he mentioned that really uh, my my kids all watched this with me, and we we really dialogued about what does this mm-hmm. look like, how is this in, in you know impacting you. Um, one thing he said was that years ago you would sit down at a conference table for a meeting. And you wouldn't have anything to do while you're waiting for the meeting to start. So you start this small talk conversation next to you and you find out like, you know, Janie's mother's in the hospital. So then the next week when you sit down for the meeting, you turn Mm -hmm. to her and say, how's your mom doing? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Right. And you're beginning to build relationships through small talk. But now millennials are sitting down at the table and all of us, I'd say millennials through the baby boomers are sitting down at the tables and they've got their phone. So it's the same as the kids at the bus stop. Instead yeah. of having small talk, right. you're, on, you're on your device. Right. But the problem with this, um, and I've been saying this for years and years and years, is that we are surrounded by people and have never felt more alone. Yes. So true. So we true. have we have thousands of friends and yet we don't necessarily feel loved or liked. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that is, to me, that's the heart of the problem is this, the empty, the empty places that we're trying to satisfy with the false God, Mm -hmm. instead of being the hands and feet of Jesus to one another, as he designed the body to function so that we can experience love through the body of Christ, and then be able to express that love from the overflow of what we feel. So I think the implications on like the state of our souls and our emotional and spiritual health is the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. And that is the heart of where we have to push ourselves to to put boundaries in place yeah. in order to connect. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that Simon Sinek said um, is that when he goes out with a group of friends, they take all their cell phones. I think they put it in a basket or they put it face down on the table. Or mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. he said for him, maybe he said they all they, they all leave their phones at home except for one person for emergencies. Mm, that's a good and, idea. Yeah. And another thing I had heard was in that social dinner situation, everybody puts their phone face down and the first one to lift it up has to pay for the meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That'll mm-hmm. work. Like you, you know, you create the culture yes, of it amongst yes. your peer group and yeah, in your family good. unit in a fun way to address the, the seriousness of I, I need I need you to pay attention to me yes. while we're together. Yes. I need to not be the third person in this relationship while you're mm-hmm. engaging with whoever's on the screen. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This is good. Um, I was thinking, you know, this is this literally goes back. I'm going to say 10 or so years when we used to have um, 
you know, the soccer team over for pizza before the game kind of thing, the day before the game. And I I would say I want everybody to put their cell phones in, in a basket because that's when it was starting. Mm. I mean, that, that the frenzy was kind of new still. Um, but my my I remember my daughter saying to me, then we're not going to have a pizza party here. Oh. If you're going to make people do that, I'm not going to. It was too embarrassing for her. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 I think that's why what you're, you're talking about is this agreement mm-hmm. amongst your, your family members, amongst your peer members. Um, and also there's this, you know, I, I have friends who are in business that are sort of uh, urgent care business kind of things. And I get it. Like their, their thing is, well, I have to pick up the phone because something could be happening right at this moment. Now I'm not talking about, you know, an emergency, but urgent care. And I, again, I just kind of feel like, well, yeah, but we're literally in the middle of a conversation here. Mm-hmm. Wait five to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, I, I think in addition to the dopamine and the adrenaline and all those things that kind of make us feel good, there's also the stress related to it all because there is such a mm-hmm. sense of, I cannot turn off. And my husband, by the way, has a flip phone. <laughs> and so I, we sit down in the living room and um, not, not sometimes, no, I'm not going to excuse myself. Sometimes even at prayer time, when we are praying together, he sees me glance over to my phone and he's just like, no, 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 don't do, don't do that. So, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. It is a problem. And, and I think what we need to do is think about what are the steps that we can take to, yeah to curtail the problem mm-hmm. and you know, the first thing is admitting that there is one right right uh, so you know in addition to say with my husband and i we took facebook off our phones um he has been so disciplined about never bringing the phone up to the bedroom now mm, that's His, good he plugs it in at the nightstand yeah. i mean at the in the in the not the nightstand what do i call right. that it's like a little nightstand in the kitchen it's, it's like okay. a little <laughs> cor- corner thing where we plug our phones in yeah yeah a little uh, tech area which I am going to confess, I was really good about for about 10 days. And then for some reason, yeah. I found a reason why my phone needed to be plugged in in the bedroom. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think it's a cord issue. But Stephen said, just plug it in downstairs. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can. Well, a lot of people and use it as their alarm, right? So I do. Yeah. I use it as my alarm every day. Yeah. But if I have to go downstairs to turn my alarm off, I'm getting up. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, not yeah. hitting snooze. Yeah. <laughs> That's good news, we have right? an alarm clock in our bedroom. Stephen said they still make alarm clocks. Yeah. Like for yeah, seven dollars at my Walmart. Kid's excuse for a long time. But I have <laughs> right? to set my alarm. I'm like, who are you kidding? I wake you up every morning. You don't yes. you don't get up with your phone. <laughs> right. And my other excuse was that I read on my phone when I can't sleep. I mean, let's just face it as women, sometimes sleeplessness is part of our story. So, uh-huh. so yeah. I will read to try to fall back to sleep. And, and then I realized, oh, I could read on the Kindle, yep. but then I came up with a new excuse. I can't, I can't, <laughs> oh, we're I come, tricky. oh, we're tricky. If I come up with like a really good, uh, if there's a quote that I want, it's easier to copy and paste it into Evernote on my phone than do something with it in the Kindle I'll forget by the next day. So mm-hmm. I think that's the problem with this. You know, the heart is wickedly deceitful, right? We yes. will find a bazillion yes. ways to get around the boundaries we set. Yes. Unless we come to the aha revelation of this is hurting me and the people that I love. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. That's what we need to think about. So mm-hmm. as parents of teenagers, especially, I think, you know, I'm going to put my life coaching hat on here again, because 
the aha revelation is what I see manifest in working with my clients. I never tell a client what to do ever, but every question I ask brings them to an aha that they own. Right. Right. And so why, why not take that effective, timeless principle and put it into place when we're working with ourselves and our spouses and our closest friends and our kiddos in, okay, what are some of the boundary lines you want to set and why? What is it that is motivating you to make this decision? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How can and I, and I think conversations like that are really helpful because, you know, if we can get into a conversation with my children where then they're able to express to us their frustrations with us having our phones, then they understand, mm. oh, when mom and dad ask me to put my phone down, it's the same thing. You know, there's like yeah. an empathy yeah. that occurs, even I think among okay. even my youngest, who's 10, who will often say, you know, why are you on your phone? I'm trying to talk to you. Like he'll speak mm. up, right? Yes, um, yes. And so when you sit down and you start to have those conversations and you pull it out of them and you start to make the connections with them, then they go, oh, I get right. it. Okay. And then they become a part of the decisions you the make solution. as a family, right? And then when, they're, yeah. when they've be- become a part of the solutions, they're way more likely to stick with them, follow them, and they take ownership of them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I also have found in our family that sometimes a third party gives the most objective answer. So we use Circle by Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use which that too. Is, which monitors our usage and can put um, parameters on all screen usages. And so specifically, like, we can get addicted to Netflix. We can get addicted to YouTube. Anything that we can use for entertainment purposes yeah. And so there, I don't know if I had shared this on one of the last times that we were on, but there was a particular month in which my daughter racked up an exorbitant number of Netflix hours. Mm. And we kept telling her, what are you doing? What are you doing? It was the winter. There was a couple snow days in that. Yeah. Her homework load was light. She was, you know, contributing the way she should to the family. But in all of her downtime, what was she doing? And so she didn't believe us until Stephen showed her the totals at the end of the month. Mm. And, and I said, baby, what if you had spent half of those hours studying for your SATs? Just half. That mm-hmm. would still give you an hour of Netflix a day, which is plenty of enjoyment time and, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh, my word. I mean, it now became no longer us as mom and dad telling her, this is what you've done. Right. It became an objective number. And she said, I'm sure mommy has watched at least that many hours with Caitlin. You know, we got into the Heartland series and and <laughs> we didn't. We had watched like a third of the hours that she put mm, in. So, mm-hmm. so that was really good because her perspective about where she was at versus the perspective of what was going on in somebody else's life was she thought it was the same, and in reality, yeah. it was very different. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you have the truth there. <laughs> right, right. Like, right there in hard numbers. Um, I would like to ask, what is Circle by Disney? What is that? I've never heard of it. It's, um, Kim, do you want to describe it? Do you? Yeah, it basically piggybacks onto your internet, onto mm-hmm. your Wi-Fi, and so mm-hmm. it controls everybody's access to the internet individually, which is wonderful because you can turn certain people off and, you know, kind of take away their privileges. It oh. works on anything that accesses your internet. You can set times for wake up, bedtime. You can um, 
you know, cut off certain apps. You can say, okay, you're allowed on the internet for like two hours, but you can only be on YouTube for 20 minutes, or you can only be on mm-hmm. Minecraft for 20 minutes. Or um, I can say my one daughter can be on um, Facebook and my other one can't. So the brilliance Very of it for me is that I was using these internet systems, the guardian systems before, and they would expire and I'd have to re-up them or um, I would forget the passwords and circle just, it's a one-time fee unless you want to, unless you want to monitor cellular data. I think they brought that into it now and you can monitor mm-hmm. cellular data for like $10 a month or maybe it's more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a one-time thing. And it also controls the Wi-Fi that people use in our home. I mean, it's not very mm-hmm. good if kids are bringing their own phones and they can look at whatever they want. But if they're like asking me for my password and I give it to them, I certainly mm. can lock whatever it is that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So it's kind of brilliant. It's got a lot of features. Mm-hmm. We Good use that. Thank you. And I use, um, I've been using for years, rescue time, uh, which monitors my, uh, the time I spend on my computer. Mm-hmm. And it gives me a report at the end of the week. And so that's helpful in a bunch of different ways. Like I can see how much time I was on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and I, because that's the only place that I am actually going on Facebook now, it's a really true number. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm able to ask myself a question like, okay, how much of that was mindless scrolling because I was procrastinating because I didn't feel like writing <laughs> <laughs> versus how much of that was actually like for work. And right. I, know, I know how much time I should put in for work per week. And so that's a true number for me to see as opposed to like, if I'm doing writing versus graphic design work for a client, I can also see that too. And so it just, it just helps me stay in touch. Mm-hmm. And it's scary when at the end of a, a busy week, I see I've been on, on the computer for 53 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and there are weeks as a writer and as a business owner and a ministry leader uh, who also watches Netflix an hour a day with her husband, like there, there, that adds, that computer time adds up. And, and so then that's a trigger to me, like, wow, I really need to make sure I'm getting on that treadmill. I probably need to plan at least two lunches next week out with friends. So it helps me think more intentionally about the way I'm using my time so that I also make room for people and activity and things away from the screen. Um, yeah which is restorative to your body and your soul. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. after you've recognized that you have a problem and obviously these, these things are amazing to give you a really objective perspective on it. What's, what's next? Oh, I always think prayer, right? <laughs> um, a conversation with the Lord. If we're followers of Christ and, and belong to God and he has given us our lives, our bodies and our resources to steward, when we realize things are out of whack, I think the first place is confession mm-hmm. and and say, God, I don't know how I got to this place, but I don't want to stay in this place. I don't want to be a year from now looking back and nothing has changed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yeah. I, you, you give me today, you give me my breath today. How do you want me to use my time? How do you want me to use my resources? How do you want me to influence the people that you've put in my life and care for my children and care for my home and care for if you don't have children and a home that you own, like care for whatever is in your arm's reach that he has said you have been made for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And just stay in that place of humility before the Lord. And I think the other side of it is the scriptures say, confess your sins one to another and you shall be healed. 
And so I think finding that trustworthy person to verbally out loud say in confidence to, I think I've got a problem. At least I've got things out of whack and I want them to change. Will you pray for me? And will you hold me accountable? I need you to ask me once a week, like, Maybe not through text message, but but you know, use the social media then for good and the, and the technology for good of hold me accountable to this. You know, poke me, prod me, push me in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, would good. Be, yeah, would be where I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what distinguishes us differently from say just being in the world. In the world right. would say, let's use all these tools and techniques and and habits and mindset things to change our circumstances. But the Lord says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to start with thinking differently about how you want to live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. So if somebody wants to start a conversation with their teens and with the people in their home, how do they do that? (laughs) Timing is key, right? (laughs) Uh, So I I stink at timing. I'm just going to tell you, if I feel passionate about something, they'll walk in the door and be like, everybody sit down. We got to talk. This is what's going on. And I have not considered where they're at at that moment or the pressures that they're feeling. So I think think like a, a drip of of passing conversations kind of like, Hey, I've been really thinking about this thing and social media and screens and my usage. And maybe do you think we could sit down this weekend and talk about it? Mm-hmm. And then maybe a day later saying, all right, I know if we just say we're going to sit down and talk about it, it won't happen. So can we circle around Saturday night and have dinner together and, and, and talk this thing through and then you guys could go out with your friends at seven or whatever, you know, so you're acknowledging that they have a life and that this isn't going to be like an eight hour right. diatribe yeah. on, on what's going to happen. But which I think is important with older kids, older kids, especially. Yeah. yeah. And even with younger kids, like if I was going to say this to my 11 year olds, I'd say, let's let's do this family meeting. Let's talk about this thing and then let's play a game afterwards mm-hmm. so that they're you're kind of couching the difficult with the. This, I'm not just about the rules. I'm about the relationship with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Or, or with the older ones. I'm not just about the rules. I'm about understanding the, the, the importance of your relationships and your time and, and working with you. So it's communicating a level of respect. And then you're setting the, the stage for them to come to the table and talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think questions, uh, I think questions in parenting are key. So in the life coach training course I teach, and I tell this free to everyone because it's so valuable. I think you, when you have a child, you should get these instructions <laughs> is my thoughts on it. Not, not lead with the why question. So a why puts a person on a defensive. Hmm. Why are you wearing that? Why are you doing that? Why didn't you help on this? It just demands a response that comes from a defensive place. And so if we can it, but but that why, you can't get the why out of your brain. Right. That's, curi- that's curiosity. So fumbling out another way to ask the why is key. So asking the, the question like, what were you thinking when, when you decided to put on those short shorts before you walked out the door and it's 32 degrees out? Um, you know, to me, that's almost that's almost as much as the why. It could be. <laughs> I it think because my husband uses that expression. What were you thinking when you allowed blank blank blank? Or <laughs> okay, okay. So no, you got to know the triggers in your house yeah. and with your kids. That's a trigger with um, us. 
and some of it is tone. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, what were you thinking? It's, I might as well say, why are you wearing that? Right. Yeah. right. But, but if I say, oh, honey, those shorts, they're so cute. Mm, what are you thinking about them right now, considering it's 32 degrees out? Yeah. And so you kind of you have to back off the judgment and approach with with a more tender humor, which mm-hmm. I'm not very good at humor, but <laughs> you kind of kind of approaching it that way. So say with social media, maybe the first conversation, my 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 11 year old walks in the door and she like kisses me. Hello. And then goes straight for the iPod. And, and because she wants to see the group messages that have transpired in the 20 minutes she's not been with her classmates. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm like, I, so I'll look at her and on a bad day, I'll be like, Caitlin, put the screen down. That's that's the bad day. That's like, yeah. I've had it, boom. And yeah. I'm, ki- I'm killing our relationship in that moment because now she's getting yelled at instead mm-hmm. of parented. Yeah. Uh, on a good day, I might say, hey, Katie Pie, I'm so glad you're home. I'd like to see you before you dive into whatever's going on that screen. Can you put it down for an hour? Mm-hmm. So now there's a motivation. Mommy wants time with me. Mm. It's not that the device is bad. It's that this is more important. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, right? that's good. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, at the core problem, um, at, the, at the core of it is that in order for me to parent nicely, I have to have margin space. Yes. Definitely. I need to be well rested. I need to have had my time with the Lord. I need to be in a place of relative calm. I need to not be overbooked. I mean, there's all these other pieces mm-hmm. to the puzzle mm-hmm. that are kind of hanging out underneath. And, and right. the same is true. I mean, I know not everyone listening to your podcast are moms. I mean, the same is true for friendships, mm-hmm. right? So, if I'm going to be a good friend and engage in a good conversation with them, I need to have margin space to listen to what they're saying and engage with them. And if I don't have a filling from the Lord and a capacity in my heart mind, then I'm not going to engage with them well. I'm going to be distracted and checking my phone and out to lunch. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like that foundational principle. Did yeah. I answer your question? How to start the conversation? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, I think margin is so undervalued, especially in our culture, especially in this multitasking. I have a phone so I can get 10 things done in the five minutes that I have. And we want to fill up that margin instead of allowing us, allowing ourselves to sink into it and enjoy it and and set us up for the next conversation for the next thing we have to do. And so I do think that's super important. Super important. And probably worthy of yet another podcast because (laughs) it's a, it's a neglected, um, A part of our lives, I think, mm-hmm. greatly neglected. But it's such a good point that that's what sets us up for success, especially with our kids, I think. Right. Feeling that right. little bit of, okay, right. I've had my stuff that I needed, and now I'm ready to do what I really want to do with my child when she walks in the door and picks up her iPhone mm-hmm. instead of my, my my gut reaction or my just reaction in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. We have, to, we have to think about our... Um, how to set ourselves up to respond right rather than yeah. react mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that requires so much more of a personal investment before we even ever get to the table to have the conversation about 
the, the tough stuff like yeah. managing social media and screens. Good. All right. Well, we could probably continue talking about this for much longer than we have. Oh, okay. um, so um, we're going to wrap up, but I want you to tell us where we can find you online. Sure. Um, well, more to be.com. So that's M O R E T O B E. And that and the name of that website comes from more bright, more beautiful, more like Jesus through a fresh and daily encounter with the Lord. So at more to be, you'll find resources for mentors, uh, for mothers, for ministry leaders. Uh, we just try to provide resources that help women grow in their faith so that they can impact the next generation. Mm -hmm. And then you can find me at my coaching business, which is called the Kaleo Agency, K-A-L-E-O. A G E N C Y dot net. Um, and there you'll find resources that are related to helping women uh, get unstuck, is like at the heart of it, and develop their calling. Kaleo means calling. Uh, and so, mm -hmm. what is it that God has called you to do, and how do you do it effectively and find purpose in it, not just down the road, but today? Mm -hmm. today. He gave us today. We can have dreams about tomorrow, but what about today? Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, you can pretty much find me everywhere on social media by my name, which is Elisa, E-L-I-S-A, Pulliam, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, as in Mary. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. And I'm on, on all those social media accounts. Yes. All right. Well, thank you again. It was such a pleasure to have you here today. Um, and listeners, I hope that you take a moment to go and check out her website and her books. We'll provide all the links in the show notes, which you will find in iTunes, but also in our weekly newsletter. We'd love to hear what you think of the show, especially what your thoughts are on social media. You can share that with us in our Facebook community group, plus on Instagram and Twitter as Circles of Faith. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.